welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Puddles, yeah? You are joined this week on episode number 302, series three of the Fret Talk podcast. Yes, that's a new thing. I've just started labeling them as series. My God, it's going to take me a long time to go through the back catalog. But episode 302, second in the series three. Um, you are joined by Mr. Josh. Oh my gosh, it is Josh. Say hi, Josh. Oh my gosh, it's me. It is you. It is you. I mean, it seems like only days ago since I saw you. Because uh, I know, literally, it was literally a kind of what, like um, yesterday, technically. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I I gave you some uh, I gave you some things, didn't I? You did. Yeah, I gave I gave you a little something, something. You gave me a little something, something. It was. Uh, we're all sharing, all caring here at the Fret Talk. Indeed. Uh, I'm not going to mention exactly exactly what uh, what was shared because that that can uh, that will and it will come out eventually in like demos and stuff like in demos on my channel and potentially demos on the on the Peabody channel. Not sure I can fit one of them on uh, to the Peabody channel demos, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that um, at, when when that comes comes out ish. I don't know, um, but definitely, definitely one of the things that um, that has featured it, it will feature on my next video on Peabod is a is a sneaky little thing from from uh, from Marcus Deluxe. Oh, and that that is all that I'm saying there. But it is our, our boy Marcus, indeed. Like his his pedal boards, like he makes these Are just top notch. Yeah, yeah, like his his craftsmanship because I think, like by trade, he's uh, like he's a a guy guy who works with his hands, like does a lot of like handiwork and stuff. Um, but he, like his craftsmanship is fantastic. He like he makes these boards brilliantly, but he he definitely definitely saw a little corner in the market, didn't he? And he went, you know what, I'm gonna make yeah make demo boards for, um. Like the the kind of guitar demo YouTube space, and you would be hard pressed to watch a guitar video within the last without five, yeah the last five <laughs> years without it featuring a Marcus Deluxe. Like I've seen, yeah, cause, I mean they're on Andertons everywhere. You see Danish Pete using them. I think Pete Fawn uses them. They are literally just kind of everywhere. Yeah, and it's mental, isn't it? Like people, you would think. Like, how have they managed to get in contact with Marcus to get one of these boards? But, you know, it's happened. Like, like Pete Thorne, you'd think, that dude lives over in the States. How How is that, like, a viable option for him to, like, get one of these Marcus Deluxe ones? Uh, but, look, um, Andy Guitar Geek's got one as well, I'm pretty sure. Henning's got a couple. So... They are they were everywhere at the UK guitar show, and I mean absolutely everywhere. They were at bare knuckle. I remember they were at bare knuckle pickups. They were at Thorpey. They were at Redbeard. I think um, the Oracle Fidelity guitars had one there as well. Yeah, yeah. They were just the... like yeah, even places you wouldn't think. Because I mean, like like Redbeard, you go yeah, yeah, cool. Because their whole thing is that they make pedals. Yeah, sound. But like even the guitar, like the guitar places, like like you say, Fidelity, who who like their business is like we're making custom guitars. 
And they've got a Marcus Deluxe on display. It's brilliant. Or even um, people like, I don't think he, he had one this time, but I'm sure he's got one. Um, pedal Patch Phil. Maybe he's selling patch cables, but then Luck <laughs> has got this awesome. Um, I know he's got a Schmidt array. Like his board is. I think he had the Schmidt array at the guitar show, I think, from what I can remember. Yeah. But like stuff like that, where you, you, you're you not even expecting it and you'll find a Marcus Deluxe. So yeah, there was a. Uh, like it's one of those, one of those things. It's not it's not featured in all of the bits for the um, for the next video that I'm doing. But if you look, you will find it because it's there. <laughs> Seek and you shall find. That's the one, yeah. Right. So we we're gonna like we're gonna start off with with what we usually do, which is what we've been up to. But we're gonna we're gonna mix it up a little bit this week. So we're not gonna do it. Hard and fast. These are all the things that we've been up to, and then we're gonna go to this. Well, thank you. We're, what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna intersperse our what we've been up to with some news because in the week this week of guitar, there have been a lot, a lot of signature guitars come out. <laughs> yeah, a, cor- a cornucopia of signatures. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So rather than just rattling off the specs of all of these different signature guitars and going, oh, that I mean that that one's too expensive, and that one's really expensive. This one, yeah. So we're, we're going to kind of intersperse it a little bit. Um, More signatures in the Bill of Rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I tell you what, let's start off with one of those signatures. Let's start off on a high note because like we should we should right john five um and fender have had a a fruitful relationship over the past kind of decade um they've released uh like standard fender models they've released squire versions they've released a couple of different um iterations of the same guitar haven't they like the the John Five. Yeah, they had like the the black and silver one, which was done with like a three pickup model one, and then there was yeah. like the really big, long classic style one, and yeah. then they brought out the frost gold. Yeah, the gold one. Um, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, because they, they had the, like the big gorgeous. headstock one, didn't they? And then they had yeah, but the they had the three pickup one had the big fatty stock on, didn't it? Yes, and they. Was it? Well, did it have like a vintage trim on it as well? Am I? Am I... Yeah, it had like a Bigsby style trim oh, on there, it. There you go. So like he's he's definitely done a thing, hasn't he? He's done a thing with. And like I say, he did the the Squire stuff as well. So he's bought some in at the at those affordable price points. Although, <laughs> if you try and uh, if you try and get one of them these days. Like one of the, um... I, I did see, I did see a frost because I follow uh, on reverb some of the John Five ones because I do still really want one of the gold model ones because I think they're really really nice. Yeah, because uh, I like I like a Telecaster, I like a T Type, uh, especially if it's got humbuckers as well. I'm even more into that. And um, the one popped up on reverb in my daily feed, and I was like, okay, let's have a look at the price. And I know it's a squire, and I know that they're hard to come by now. But eight hundred pounds is a bit steep. Okay, now, like I, I thought they were getting a bit ridiculous when they were asking five hundred for them. I said, "Oh, mm. like I do like the fact that it's just unabashedly gold. Like everything on it is gold, and it's just in your face. Fuck you, I am here. Like kind of, 
aesthetic to it. John Five, he's like one of my favorite guitarists. I really, I really like how he's got like you know crushing metal in you know stuff with like Zombie, for example, and then obviously the stuff with Manson as well. And then he's such a great like Spanish flamenco finger picking guitar player as well. The styles that he can do is just incredible. And um, I was, I love his rig rundowns that he's done on YouTube, yeah. and like how literally every song he does just has a different Telecaster. It's mm. mad. And he was it's like same with the gold one. When he ever he gets a flight, he buys a second ticket just so he can have the gold one on the flight with him next to him. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because we've all seen those horror stories, haven't we? We've all seen the horror stories where the um, the baggage handlers are just chuck it like they see a guitar and they go yeah they this is fair fair game and they just chuck it it's just like you absolute bastards oh so that's my pride and joy that's my work there yeah yeah i mean you don't see them do it with like oh this is a laptop bag yeah let's fucking yeet it (laughs) no it's just the guitars in it because they want want someone's uh day to day to go wrong not everyone uh, I'm not saying that all all baggage handlers are absolute cunts, but there are like there's there's video footage of some of them being lawyer. So, like, it's 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 problematic, and I, I understand why you'd go yeah for the sake of like a, an extra ticket on a plane. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do it this way. I would do the same if I had his money, though. To be fair, yeah, and uh, I've I've seen some stuff where he does like like banjo rolls. And does a lot of really country, uh, country guitar playing. Uh, so he's he's got some chops as our uh, as our John Five. Um, oh so yeah. Let's talk. I mean, we just we've basically just STSD for like five minutes. Let's talk about the yeah. actual guitar that's coming out. So we got. This is called the Ghost Telly. Um, and I don't know if there was any inspiration from the Fender Supreme Stratocaster, but it's like there's there's parallels, isn't there? Yeah. There's definitely parallels. It's similar. Yeah, so we've got it's like a white like really brilliant white telecaster with a uh you're saying it's a, a dyed maple fretboard on that. Yeah, from what I remember because when I seen it, because I set uh sent it into our uh, little, you know, fret talk pedal boards of doom group and I was just like, I'm all over this, I'm having a wet dream right now. Um it it's true, uh, I what I on. believe like <laughs> Usually, like with the Matt Heafy signature, and there was the Brendan Small, like kind of white signatures. It was phenolic or phenolic. I can't remember how you pronounce yeah. it. Um, fretboards. Whereas this, I believe, is actually like uh, maple, but it's actually been dyed white rather than being something that's um, kind of uh, what's the word yeah I'm like a synthesized um, material like the, yeah synthesized material like rich light is to ebony yeah 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 I get you so and they've done it I right absolutely way. love it I absolutely love it it's just brilliant yeah so it's uh, it's you're talking a white oh. a white telecaster is it uh, is it custom is it got the binding on it as well uh, yes it's got red binding on it, like white and red together. It's just oh, yeah, that's your, oh. that's your jam, that isn't it? So we've got, yeah. got the the red red binding. We've got red pickups in it as well. HH config. I think it's like a mirrored pickguard, is it, or like a steel pickguard? 
Yeah, it's a mirrored pit guard. Like all of the kind, like yeah, the pickups are red. The knob, the binding, the toggle switch. You've got a red cap on. Uh, you've got a, a red kill switch. Isn't there on a it red well. nut on it as well? Like a, a red tusk yeah. nut. That's... Yeah, there's a red tusk nut. The Fender Telecaster logo with the proper headstock as well. It's got red logo on it, and then even like the um, the bushings around the nut on the tuners are like red as well. It's just ah, oh. and oh, the inside man. of the case is red, and the case is white on the outside. Ah, oh. yeah, they've man. they've gone they've gone the whole hog with it. I I I, uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that effort. It's. It's not a cheap guitar, is it? It's not cheap. It's not, but I, th- I think it's also kind of a, a, a reasonable price as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, it's it, not the least reasonable priced uh, guitar that we'll be talking about today. So, yeah. spoilers. Because um, it, it is a normal Euro, uh, a glass urethane finish on it, so you're not getting like nitrous cellulose. Um the neck, yeah, I'm just reading the spec on it now. It, it, it is maple, and then it's been glo- uh, glossed over. So you still, so I guess you may have some um, probably concerns if you're playing it a lot. You might wear through that a, a, a fair bit, I would say. Um, yeah, your Demarzio deactivated pickups. So, like back in the day, I had a. Uh, it was a Dean. Uh, what was it called? A custom zone and. The name would make you think really premium price point. Not at all. It was like the cheapest, most budget guitar that was available. Oh, was that that fucking lime green thing? Oh, so mine was in purple, like purple body. But then they painted, they basically like painted the body and the neck, like the fretboard, the same colour. So, uh, yeah, because you see the green ones like knocking about, and it yeah, just yeah. looks and so like ostentatious. Neon, neon pink as well is was out there. I think they did a, uh, like a neon yellow as well. Uh, but yeah, like they like for all intents and purpose, they were a really cheap HH guitar. Um, I had it for a while. I got, I, like, I set it up myself, and it played really well because I I'd set it all up. Um, but it was a really cheap guitar. I bought. A set of Demarzio pickups. I bought like a what was it? A Super Distortion and an Air Norton to put in that guitar. And then when I like when the pickups came because I bought them from the US. When they came, I thought these pickups are too good for this guitar. Uh, so I ended up selling <laughs> the guitar. But oh, it was mad. I, I had the like this weird purple guitar, and like the the. The finish on the fretboard was thick enough that it didn't wear away the the time that I had it. And to be fair, the ones that you see on the gear exchange as well, like the the lime green ones that you talk about, there's never wear on the fretboard. So, you know, it'll last a while. Um, but yeah, so like it's a bolt on, like as you would expect for a Telecaster, but it's a bolt on. The finish is just a standard poly finish. And as as interesting as a, like a painted fretboard is, it is a concern, isn't it? Because you can wear through that. So yeah, we've got a few a few little niggles with this one. Even though they have like the rest of the the details on it, they've really gone to town with. It's 
Uh, as far as I can, as, as I'm aware, it's two thousand. Two thousand six hundred, I think. Uh, I've got two eight five nine in dollars, which no, it, it's, it's, I would personally pay it. I I really like it. Yeah. I would pay that money for it if I had it. I know there's probably some people screaming at the, their phones now, especially bimps, and probably going, "Why on earth would you pay that money for that?" Yeah. But I really like it. It, it. it just, I mean, I've got guitars that have been burnt for God's sake. You know, yeah. like <laughs> when it comes to guitar finishes, I'm not too, I'm not all that fussed. Yeah. But what I would really enjoy about it is, as well, is over time it's going to start to get that yellow tinge to it, and I think that would just make it look even more cooler. Yeah. Especially in a smoky home. Like yeah. a, I mean, I, I don't smoke, but yeah, I would happily smoke just to yeah, help start, that. that start taking more. it up, yeah. I'm doing it for the guitars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a, um, a, a 90s Strat that was from a smoky home, and you could see, like, especially around the, like, the neck joint where, where it's got all the corners, you could see like, the yellowing intensified around like, where it propagates around the corners. Um, like it smelled gross when I first got it, and that, but that went away, and it was the coolest looking strat because it was it was a an Olympic white strat, but it was it was almost kind of like a like a buttery yellow. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Right, I suppose we we we've done a little bit of uh, not what we've been up to, but let's do let's let's do our what we've been up to, Josh. Josh, this week. You have released a video on Pedalboards of Doom, haven't you? I have. We spoke about it, I think it was on Fret Talk 300 when we did our live stream. I did a brief talk about it because I, f- I think I filmed it on that week. But yeah, I had my long-awaited long video on the Game Changer Plasma Coil go out. Um, long and story short of it was my I've been wanting it for years and my fiancé bought it me for my birthday as to which I was, like, hugely gassed for. and Because I wanted this pedal for, for so, so long. And yeah. I thought, okay, you know, we'll do a video on does it, did it actually live up to the hype of what I was expecting from it? Um, and it's very quickly become my favourite fuzz pedal. I've spoken a lot about the kind of the Cooper Sonic Germaniac in the fact that it just does fuzz tones that, you wouldn't get anywhere else. Yeah. But this plasma coil is just the coolest pedal you can ever own. Yeah. It just is. It's got it's got a lightning bolt just shooting through it. Yeah. That's that's fucking cool. Uh I'm... who doesn't want a pedal that's got like thirty thousand volts running through a Zen on pedal? Like you step on it and you actually see lightning yeah. like appear. You are making lightning with your guitar. Yeah, it's that kind why of. Would you, why would you not want anything else? It's that visceral experience. You you know when like all the old boys rock up to a a tiny little pub gig with a false stack, and try and crank the shit out of it. It's that exact experience, and it like we know why they're doing it because it feels really fucking good to be standing in front of a an amp that's so powerful it's flapping your trousers. When you step on that pedal and you see it's creating actual fucking lightning, like yes, yes, I am a I am a god. Yeah. I yeah, I am Nikola Tesla. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um so, it, you, like, so like as a fuzz pedal, it's great because you can drop the gain 
on the fuzz and you can get kind of, you know, like ZZ Top style kind of, uh, I guess, more like subtle and smooth fuzz. Yeah. But then you can crank it and start to get like the really like heavy gated clipping sort of fuzz, which is what I really like. And then, of course, you've got the extra voltage option where you can switch between like octave ups, octave downs, two octave down, one octave up, one up, one down sort of modes. And um, it just goes even crazier then. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a real, like once you're pushing that gain up, it's got a real kind of Velcro-y, um, like gritty rasp to it. And it's that's one of the kind of first tones that I really, really get along with. I must admit, like on if you're playing a guitar with um, low output pickups, like a Strat or something like that, you probably would want to like. Funny enough, go and watch Budget Pedro Chap's video on running stacking fuzz because this would work perfectly for that. Because you'd have to run an overdrive into it, I think, with something kind of with a lower output, just to help boost the signal into it a little bit. Um, because yeah, when I play signal. Yeah, because when I was playing through it with my strap, because I was going to film, I filmed all of it with my main ML1 because that's where I used the full swift the most on it. And I was like, okay, I'll like let's play along with the strap and see what it's like with the strap because I hadn't actually played the strap through it, and it was I was fighting the fuzz to try and get the signal to come out. Yeah. Um. So like, if you're playing that sort of thing yeah you'll definitely want to drive the front of it a little bit more um even just but, pushing it with a like a clean boost so that you get in yeah the same tone but like at a higher level just so that it yeah absolutely it's seeing that really hot input yeah yeah uh, cool. it, it's just a great pedal i love it so much and we've got to give a shout out to the mvp of this uh this whole experience which is your fiance she's definitely definitely like solidifying why you put a ring on it. Yeah, literally wife material, even if even if you did blank her when she was asking for recommendations. <laughs> Still, I'm never going to live that down. Never going to live it down. <laughs> <But>, Hi-ho. <laughs> hey. Right, let's, let's do a bit more news. Let's do a bit more news. Because, yeah, we, we've, we've got some more signature stuff. Dave Mustaine. Dave Mustaine. We've heard of him, haven't we? He's from Megadeth. He did have it like he had a little tenure with with Dean Guitars before before he came. Like he was originally he was with Jackson for years and then he went to Dean Guitars. And then Gibson came knocking on his door and he was like, Fuck yeah, I want a Gibson. So he went he went with those guys. They sorted out like the uh, the custom shop Gibson stuff. But then they, they also sorted out some Epiphones. And they were the the specs and the prices were released on those last week. Uh, so look, we'll, we'll talk about the specs because I think the specs are important, aren't they? Yes. Right. So I have got it up here. Epiphone Dave Mustaine. So we've got two models. We've got the uh, Flying V Prophecy. The Prophecy range uh, has been in the Epiphone lineup for a while. Um. And then we've got the, uh, so we've got the custom and the ADRB, which not entirely sure the, uh, so it'd be like dark red burst, is it aged dark red burst? There you go. So yeah, something like that. So you've got um, almost like your, your flying V custom look and then 
like a, a bit more of a standard. I mean, there's not much of a difference between them, to be fair. But what you do get is a difference in pickups between the two. So the uh, the the dark, the so the like the, the black version, the ebony metallic black. I think they say they say this one is, which, uh, look, yes, yes, sure, you can get metallic black. Um, so that comes with a pair of um. Uh, what's his face? Dave Mustaine's signature um, Seymour Duncan pickups, which they're called the Thrash Factor. Of course they are. Of course they are. Um, and then the other one, the Age Dark Red Burst, comes with a set of Fisherman Fluence pickups, which the um, the one with the Fisherman one comes with coil splits as well, so you can get um, a like you can get the single coil tones as well. So it depends what you want, really. Like, if you want full-on... If you're buying a Dave Mustaine Flying V, are you really going to want those stratty single-coil tones? Yeah, you're buying it for one purpose only, really, aren't you? Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, they look fucking metal as shit. You're not going to then go, oh, excuse me, let me let me just clean this one up. But I suppose they do have... They have a few songs that have got, like, cleaner sections in them, don't they? Maybe I'm just yeah. Maybe I'm just chatting it here, but they, I mean I think they look cool. You're not a big fan of the um, the hockey stick headstock, are you? Oh, well, I like the hockey stick headstock on an Explorer. Yeah, but on a V, it just no. It it, it just looks awful. I'm sorry, but it does. I really don't like it. I can get by because I don't think what's helped as well is the body looks like it's shrunk down by like ten percent. Compared to a normal V body, just looks a little bit more smaller, a little bit more compact. I think that's probably um, the headstock. The the fact that yeah. the headstock kind of leans rather than the straight pointy arrowhead ones that the Vs usually have, it kind yeah. of makes it look um, a bit thinner. And um, yeah, the headstock is enough to put me off it. I mean, I, I I'm not Dave Mustaine's biggest fan or anything like that, but that, you know. I don't like the guitar as it is. The specs okay, like Fishman's or anything like that. Yep, I'm I'm fine with that. You know, I can get with that. But no, the, just the appearance really puts me off. Yeah, so I mean, like the the rest of the um, the hardware, you've got uh, Epiphone tone lock tunematic. So a tunematic that locks down rather than comes off when you uh, change the strings. That's standard across a lot of the range. I think is that. Yeah, uh, I think so, especially in the Epiphone range. And then you've got the, the Grover Mini Rotomatic. So it's kind of like par for the course for the Epiphone stuff. Um, this is where it, it becomes a bit of a problem, isn't it? Because the... The price. <laughs> yeah, so the, the black metallic one, which is the one with the Thrash Factor pickups in it, is $13.99 US dollars. The aged dark red... Which for an Epiphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's that again, isn't it? It's that... Like if I'm bitching that uh, Fender are releasing a two thousand eight hundred quid, um, look bolt on neck, poly finished, um, like Fender for for John Five, then you can't then in the same breath go, oh yeah, but these Epiphone Dave Mustaine flying V's are only like thirteen nine nine. I mean, it's it's the Epiphone, isn't it? It's the Epiphone. 
It's... Yeah, I mean, even like the when the I know we're talking a little a, f- a few years ago now, but even like when the Matt Heafy ones came out, you know, they were I think they were like eight hundred quid, yeah. nine hundred quid or something like that. And again, they had you know EMGs or Fishmans and anything like that in and yeah. It's a lot of money for what it is, especially when you can probably just go out and buy a, a relatively decent Gibson Flying V for that price, probably maybe even less, and just stick some of his fishmen's in and probably come in with a bit of change. Yeah, I don't think you'd be getting uh, getting one new these days, but you could like you could go on the used market and pick up a used Flying V for about a grand. And look, any of the other accoutrements that you want to change, like if you want to put a set of fish bins in it and what, then you're you're coming on well under budget with that, aren't you? It's mm. like yeah, it's a it's a tough sell. Like Epiphone are really really reaching high now, aren't they? Like you say, the the Heafies for eight hundred were a bit much, but then again, Fender's been doing this for the past like two or three four years when they did like. Oh, this is a made in Mexico Brad Paisley. And that's over the grand mark. Here's a and they did that. They did like a Hendrix Monterey Stratocaster, which was nine nine nine. And then the Ed O'Brien as well. Again, all Mexican made, all about the grand mark. So they've been like all of the companies have been progressively pushing them up, pushing them up, pushing them up. And I know that material costs and like all, all of that is is has increased, but not by that much, I don't think. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, like I understand they want them. You know, of course they want to maximize profits. Like you know, they're they're a business. You know, who isn't looking to do that? Again, I totally understand that. But you're starting to kind of now put yourself into an area where you're pricing the majority of the people out these things and you know let's be honest people that are going to be looking into um an epiphone are going to be kind of in that shall we say like intermediate bracket of where they are in their playing yeah i mean that's Um, that's where they've always sat in isn't it it's been like you might buy an epiphone i mean you could get an epiphone as a beginner beginner guitar but you buy you usually like you buy your Epiphone, your Epiphone Les Paul, your Explorer, your Flying V. You're buying that as your second or third guitar, thinking like this is now me, like taking this shit seriously, and I'm I'm getting something that's a bit better. It's not quite like that pro pro quality yet, but I could go out and play like a few pub gigs with this, and it looks a bit like the the Gibsons that you see, all the artists using, and it. It sounds and plays pretty well. Um, like nothing to hugely write home. I mean, some of the some of the early Epiphone, like the Korean ones, like the nineties Korean ones, were actually pretty bang on. Um, but it was it, it was always that okay. I'll, I'll I'll make do with the Epi, and then I'll save up eventually. And if I really really like this guitar, I'll go and buy like the the Gibson equivalent. And the the line between Gibson. And Epiphone now is is blurred a bit. Yeah, so it's a it's a toughie. Right, I'm going to tell you what I've been up to this week. 
because we are. What have you been up to? We're halfway through a podcast. Um, I released a video on um, a line of pedals that are being released or have been released. They are out now um, exclusively at affordaboardpedals.co.uk. Uh, uh, so it's uh, our, our good friend, Simon at JSA. I went down to visit him. Uh, it's, oh, it's a good couple of months months back now. I, I mentioned it on the podcast. Um, and we, we recorded a video for like the upcoming release of the um, the pedal line that he was doing with Affordaboard. We recorded five, um, five pedals where Simon basically massive massive tone wizard and just spoke all about all of the the really technical peddly things the things that i can't tell you about because I, <laughs> like i know a few things about pedals he knows like he knows pedals to the nth degree so he like he goes through all all about like why he's made the headroom like this like he's made the <laughs> like like a voltage doubler so it does like plus 18 volt and nine, uh, minus 9 volts, so you get this massive headroom and goes on all about this stuff, um, and I get to play them. So I bit- get lost when people start talking about like transistors and diodes, and I'm just like, just just tell me how it makes that sound. And I'm just like, no, you've lost me. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's kind of what my role in the in the pedal demo was. I sat there and played some guitar and... And then Simon talked about it and like interspersed with some of the comments that he's making are like guitar bits that make sense with that. So that's really cool. So we went through the five pedals. We got like we had two kind of low gain, uh, low to medium gain kind of bluesy pedals, two um, mid mid to kind of mid high gain Marshall-y, uh rap style stuff, and then. Uh, the tone flexor, which is a fuzz, um, potentially the most interesting out of the lot. Um, not to like diminish the the other ones. I mean, because like the low low to mid gain um, drive, the hot toddy has been um, like I featured two versions of it on my channel. It's been kind of a mainstay in uh, the JSA catalog for a long time. It's his take on the Timmy, and it is it's it's just better. It's just better than the Timmy. There you go. I said it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, like it's really cool, really touch responsive, um, kind of mid, low to mid gain drive. Really, really, really good with single coils. And then it's got a two band EQ, much like the Timmy. Uh, you've got your your treble control and you've got a bass control. And if you roll off the treble control and push the bass, because the bass is pre clipping. It ends up like blowing the circuit, and you get almost like a like a weird kind of fuzzy. It's almost like you know those like old tones where they had like really crappy little um, amps, and they would just kick the head in of the amp, They'd, like overload it to like full volume, and then push it with a pedal. You get like a really kind of farting bottom end kind of tone. It's uh like a Line Six Spider on insane mode. <laughs> not, not like that at all like a little fender champ that's been absolutely ragged for its life um and just you get this kind of farty bottom end and 
you kind it's a, the kind of tone where you're just holding on for dear life because it's just it's so raucous. So you can do that with <laughs> the um like by manipulating the EQ in the wrong way. <laughs> um, you've got the blues slinger as well, which is uh, dumbbell in a box kind of blues drivery, but then you've got toggles on it which allow rather than just having one sweet spot on the the um, tone sweep, it gives you. Like it lets you dial in the sweet spot at all the different gain stages as well. So like the sweet spot that you'd find at a low gain mode um, on a, a blues driver might be like really, really different to the, the sweet spot that you are at a, a high gain mode. Because with the blues driver, the more gain you put on, the more bottom end comes into the circuit and you just need to push and push and push that treble control and so the tone control until you you're almost maxing it out so that you can get some clarity with it so he's got the toggle switches that allow you to kind of fine-tune that with it so it gives you a lot more kind of spectrum of tone um gives you a lot more usability you've got the jsa 100 which is based on like basically old marshalls which is a bit more low low gain than you would think like the old kind of recorded martial tones are uh, not as gainy as you'd think. Like the kind of ACDC stuff and, and that kind of that kind of guitar tone. Uh, and the rap book, which is like absolutely no prizes for guessing what that's based on. Um, but it's it's a, what the rat should be in terms of uh, rats are always like really, really kind of mid-focused and really compressed because they're kicking the head of the LM308 chip in and, like, forcing it through, um, like, a, a clipping. Things. Yeah, the, so they're, they're driving the LM308 hard, which is the kind of chip that you find in the, like, mini Marshall um, amp. You know, those the little mini portable amps? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the kind of same same kind of thing. So it's... Look, the chip in and of itself is quite a nice chip to drive. And it, it gives like a kind of almost like amp-like um, response. And then it pushes that through a clipping stage as well. So you get like a, towards the top end of a, a rat, you get a really fuzzy tone. But there's absolutely no dynamics at all because it's it's all just been smashed. Like the, the dynamics are being squashed out because it's forcing like the maximum signal through then another clipping stage. So it's just squashing and squashing and squashing. Whereas the wrapper, um, it's got really, really high headroom. So it, it gives you all of the, the gaininess, but whilst also allowing you the dynamics and the control over the, the tone as well. Because once you start smashing a signal past a certain point, there's there's very little that you can do with it tone-wise because all the frequencies have already been kind of clipped off. So Yeah, it just becomes a mishmash of just, like, noise, essentially. Yeah, you get you get all of the kind of the middle frequencies, but any of the top end, and to some extent any of the bass end as well gets kind of squished into that middle section. So you get just a really focused mid, blah, like a, a, a soup of a tone rather than something that's clear and defined. Uh, and that's what I've always found with the rat is that it's good fun, um, but it just, it's not 
it's not my my go to because I want something that you can like that will um if you play to it it will play back to you so you like your picking really matters uh, and there's that um I did say like the the tone flexor is the one is the one that I think is the the, the like it's a quite an obscure choice it's based on like the not in the nineties color sounds um made the uh, a tone bender but rather than using like the germanium uh, transistors which are difficult to come by they did it using an op amp so like a, a germanium i've heard of them <laughs> yeah so they did it using a chip basically because they were readily available and it was more consistent uh, so simon's remade that circuit but rather than doing it with a chip he's like traced the circuit within the chip and done that with all like bigger components. So you get the theory behind why they used the chip, but you also get like a, a more open sound because it's not using, it's not all crammed into a chip basically. Um, and he could play about with some of the, um, some of the circuit in that way. So you're getting this. Like really consistent fuzz tone. It, it's a, t- a fuzz that doesn't really matter where it goes in a in a circuit because it was designed around an op amp rather than the germanium transistors. Um, and it because of that, it it's not just a fuzz where you've got to crank everything to get the best tone out of it, and then anything if you like deviate from that, it all sounds a bit wet and shit. Um. This one, it works all the different gain levels. So if you do set it low, it's kind of like a nice vintage overdrive. And then you're pushing it and pushing it and you get that kind of uh, fuzzy bloom to it. It's really like a really cool pedal. Um, I I want to tr- try it again. I want, I'm, I'm going to see if I can talk to Simon and see if he'll send me out a, a, a tone flexor so that I can do a demo of that one on the channel. I just I really liked it, so that's my top pick. Is that one? Um, I also, um, I'm very briefly this week, uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I did a bit of uh, a bit of recording for an upcoming um, pedal boards of doom video, and I started using some other guitars because I've got a guitar rack over here, which is just full. It is full to the brim of guitars, and some of them I don't use. I I am ashamed to admit it, but I do not use. Uh, and one of those is an RGR with a set of uh, Fletcher pickups in it. Kind of like PAF, like bright single coily sounding PAFs. Um, they they are definitely humbuckers. They definitely sound thicker than a, a single coil, but they they've got the kind of the spirit of a single coil where you've got like real clear high end and defined um defined characteristics in the high end. And I was playing them and I loved them. I really loved them. Um yeah. I I've I've turned a little bit of a corner. I, I've found humbuckers that I enjoy. I know. It's uh, it's hard to believe. It's almost like sacrilege. I know, <laughs> I know. But we is where we is. 
so yeah, that like I imagine maybe two weeks time that will be featured on Peabody. Um, because next week we've got a new host. We've got a I new know. we've got a new host, and it's really really exciting. He's such a cool chap. I love him to bits. He's right, just he's he's amazing. He's coming and done the job amazingly, and he's going to talk us through the big space echo, isn't it? The RE two O two, the one I was going to buy, which never did. That's it. A little bit too too shy to reach for the top shelf. Well, he's uh he's he's done that, and he's he's given us five awesome awesome tones with the uh, the RE two O two. But you've got to wait. You've got to wait um a day. It will be out tomorrow. You check it out. We've got some more news, Josh. We've got some more news. What we're we gonna say? What what we're we gonna go for? Um I reckon we talk about the TC Infinite. TC Infinite Mini. I think Did we we did a video on that, didn't we? Well, me, me and you didn't. Well but yeah. For Peabody we did, yeah. So uh Ali did a little bit of a video on this one. Um but we didn't feature it on the podcast because it came at a weird time. Like the the news came at a weird time. It came just after the recording of the one podcast, and then our next podcast was really soon afterwards, and was a day before the the release of the video. So, um, it was yeah, it was an odd one. So we finally we finally getting around to catch up catch up to it. The TC Infinite for those who do not know was a guitar pedal which was already in the TC line and it's basically, they call it a sample sustainer. So um, a bit like the Electro Harmonics Freeze, um, but much, much, much more fancy. Um, the original one had a, a f- um, little toggle switch for like latching and uh, momentary mode where your foot switch either... You click it on and then click it off, or you clicked and hold it to keep it on, which makes a lot of sense for a pedal that does um, look infinite sustainy stuff. It also has got a toggle switch. Is that the technical term, infinite sustainy stuff? In, yeah, I think if you look in the instruction manual, it does say click and hold for infinite sustainy stuff. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I've I've talked many technical things today. Like many, many technical things. Yeah, infinite sustainy stuff is the thing that we pick up on. Um yeah, it also had a um a flick switch for the reverb as well on the original one. So the mini one is a much, much more pedal board friendly size. Um, much like with all of the, the TC mini pedals, it is mono in, mono out. So if you were considering the the infinite, but you only really needed it in a mono situation, you didn't necessarily need all of the bells and whistles um, available on the face of the pedal. Perfect, um, perfect opportunity here. So look, much cheaper. It's coming in at like one hundred and five pounds, as opposed to. I can't even remember what the the other one is. I think it'll probably be about 140-ish. Similar, I think off the top of my head. There you go. So you, yeah, you save a bit of save a bit of cash. 
Um, you obviously you don't have the um, the flick switch for the verb. You obviously don't have the flick switch for the uh, the type of um, foot switch control that you use. Um, but you can manipulate those. I think like you change the foot switch mode by like unplugging the the power cable plugging the power cable back in whilst also holding the foot switch and it changes the foot switch mode. Um, you can um, change different parameters using tone print as well. So it's got uh, tone print availability on it, which not for everyone. Not everyone wants to fuck with the uh, the app and do all that kind of stuff, but it's there and it's available. Um, I don't get how you would have a tone print sort of thing for like for that because it's i wouldn't say it's a one trick pony but it it does that one thing very well so it's kind of like well why would i need to get a tone print for for it i don't know right so on the um on the original one there's the same kind of controls that you've got like so the three controls that you've got on the mini you've got the decay the uh fading and the level but then you've also got a rotary switch that selects different modes. Um, so there are like four different, uh, four different modes, and then you've got like three tone prints for it. And I assume that rather than having that that rotary switch, you just do it all via the app. Uh, I don't know what they are changing. Maybe it's like different ramp in, ramp out kind of settings, like. Being like rather than being linear, being like uh, logarithmic sweeps and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, and different effects that come along with the uh, the sustain as well. Maybe I don't know, but it gives you options. So it's it's well worth looking into. If um, I think Lee did say that if he got enough people commenting on the video, he'd go through some of the tone prints as well. So if you are interested in the, the inner workings of the infinite and what else it can do, just go onto that video and drop a comment and just go, yeah, yeah, I want to see some tone prints. More importantly, do that just so Lee has to do a little bit more work. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. Okay. He doesn't listen to this anyway. He won't know that we're do it. <laughs> that we're doing a like staging a coup. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So the TC Infinite, yeah, definitely check out Lee's video. It's, it's, he's done a really good job with it, I'll be honest. He's done a very good job. So it's well worth watching. Um, we've, got, we've got two more signature guitars, have we? Oh, no. I'll tell you what we'll do. We're going to talk about... We're going to go off-paste here. This is going to be our last one for the, the, the podcast, I think. Gonna talk, talk about Joe Mama. <laughs> Who's Joe Mama? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about the Squire Paranormal series because you brought this to the table just before the podcast. So this is my first impression look at them. So we've got five by the looks of it. I can see five. Yep. Two, three, four. Five. I'm sure we've we talked about these at one point, uh, but they're official official release now. Okay, so we've got five guitars. We've got 
what looks like a tele a Nashville telly, but Strat. So it's, yeah. it's like a double cut Nashville telly. We've basically got a Les Paul Junior, but Strat. Like a, Essentially, yeah, and and there's one that almost looks like the typical, like you say, SG, but has got like you know the P90s in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the SG Juniors, yeah. Okay, we've got the. Is that Bronco base? Is it a Bronco? Not a Bronco, is it? Rascal. That's a Rascal. Rascal base. Two big, thick, fat humbuckers. Small scale. It looks like a guitar that's just been strung up wrong. <laughs> but it's got some cool. It does a little bit. So it's, it's got Sherwood Green and like a Perloid um, aged. Um, God, okay, I'm I'm digging that. Uh, there's a a twelve as well. The um, twelve Jazzmaster. Oh yeah, yeah that's... Which I I I kind of like that. I mean, I don't know what I would play on it. I must admit, but I I I dig it. I really dig it. I can I can hear the top end from from here, just by looking at this picture. It's gonna be so sparkly and so jangly. Shit, mate, it's gonna be piercing that one. Yeah, they come in Lake Placid and Olympic White with a uh, torque guard, which is, well, that's the best colour combination. The uh, the Nashville, what are they call it? Nashville Stratocaster, of course they are. Custom Nashville Stratocaster, it's got binding. Oi, I think, I think we've found a winner here. <laughs> <laughs> we've found something that resonates with our BPC. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we've got a... Uh, two-tone sunburst by the looks of it with so like Nashville just for those who are like need a need a little bit of a reminder it's tele telecaster neck and bridge but with a strat single coil in the center uh it's it's got a strat uh what looks like a strat neck so standard strat heel joint as well and uh strat headstock with a flipped um uh, control plate on the telly, so you've got the the pickup selector close to the close to where the tone, sorry, where the the jack input is, and then I I assume it's volume closest. It doesn't say, it does not say, but either way, you could switch those around easy. Yeah, and like you've got, they call it the Stratosonic, is the um the really cheeky Gibson like here. Um, it's got a compensated wraparound bridge, which is a little bit of a letdown, but like for me, for me personally, but like those people who are looking for that kind of SG Junior kind of vibe, that that would be right up their street. And yeah, and we've got what they call it an Esquire Deluxe, like a deluxe, um, like a seventy-two um, deluxe Telecaster with a so it's got the. I don't know if it is a um because I don't think it says, does it? It looks like a wide range, but I don't I don't think it's gonna be a wide range, like one of the Kunife ones. Um I'm gonna to have to do a little bit of research on that. Just give me a sec. But it is like basically a one pickup um seventy two custom. I'm gonna to have to check that. Which I I would kind of be interested, but again, I don't like the fat head stocks. Yeah, it just says like the pickup is H. So it's 
yeah, it's not a, uh, it's not a thing. Is it? It's not a a Kunife. It does say Fender designed wide ranging humbucker humbucking, but that no, it's it's gonna be like their kind of faux, like what they what they had before they had the Kunife, um, wide ranges. Is basically, it's a bit like a humbucker. But they they've kind of voiced it so it sounds a bit uh, a bit brighter. Okay, if you were to have one of these, Josh, if you were forced, because I know they're not necessarily your thing, are they? Any of these really? Like they they all kind of have things like I like about each of them. Like there's like I like aspects of that I like aspects of that I like you know, yeah. but I think kind of if my hand were to be forced, I would probably go for the um, FSR baritone. I, I I quite dig that with like the the P ninety pickups in. It's got a you know. I like it, mate. I would probably change the pickups in it, I'll be honest. Like, just for some hotter P90s. But, I again, like, I really like the, the paranormal Aztec Gold one as well. I, re, I really dig that. Oh, are you, are you talking from the, the uh, previous range of it? Like, it was like a, um, a Cabernet, a Baritone kind of thing? Yeah. Like, I quite like that one. But if we're going essentially for the new ones that are, like, you know, under pre-order, I'm probably going for the custom Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the Nashville for me as well. I think, like, I, I like a triple single coil guitar. I would... I am down to fuck with that, um, the two-tone sunburst. Oh, I've never been a sun, a sunburst oh, fan. I must gold. admit. I thought it was a natural finish. No, fuck it. I'm going gold. I'm going gold. But I am. Yeah, I, I love the look of that gold one. I'm buying a. Uh, I'm buying a black pick card for it though. I'm not keeping a like an aged white on it. We're going. No, I'd I'd have a white perloid one. No, once you go black pick card, you never go back pick card. <laughs> Yeah, so that is that's uh, that's our podcast for this week. We we uh, did not mention the wild audio thorax, and you can thank us for that. Yeah, um, it's it's best off if my opinions on that aren't voiced on this podcast. Yeah, so I tell you what, we will do. We'll do it for the page. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, and and Josh, you can let rip. Speaking of page, for as little as two dollars a month. You can be part of that exclusive, exclusive Patreon crew, uh, which are just, they're, they're the coolest people. Only $2. Look, I actually went and bought a, um, a Tesco meal deal this week. And you couldn't even get the drink in a Tesco meal deal for $2 a month. Couldn't even get one Tesco oh, meal deal drink a month. Like four fifty, I think it was, for a meal deal. Me. Jesus, oh, no. uh, is that with or without the Tesco Club card? Uh, Tesco Club card was three ninety, but even still, even still, two dollars a month. What's that? Like one sixty ish. You'd struggle to get that. the drink. What? 
our, our Patreon backers. Like, I, I will, I will keep you up to date on the uh, the uh, fluctuations on the Tesco meal deal in relation to the, the Pretzel <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, supporting on Patreon. Right, so our, our uh, Patreon backers are as follows. We've got Mr. Andrew Bimson of Rising of the Lights. We've got Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects, Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and the Just Surprise Me podcast. Welcome back for the, uh, the, the Masters of the Cinematic Universe. They've had a little hiatus. They've come back strong. Well, yeah. I think everybody on this podcast has been on there apart from me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you need, you need to talk to them, don't you? Um, we've got Mr. Hugh Erection. We've also got our newest Patreon backer who had to he had to sneak in here because he's good friends with Hugh Erection. It's Mike Oxlong. Hey. <laughs> and Sushi salsa. That I tell the ladies. Uh, we've got Mr. Ben Fletcher. We've got Mr. Uh, ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. I, I was about to about to not give him a shout out there, not give his uh, wonderful company a shout out. I do apologise. Fletcher Pickups. Especially after, after your little uh, present that you got from him in the week. Yeah, like, I mean, know your tone. I think that's his slogan. Know your tone, Fletcher Pickups. He, uh, he he made a post this week, actually, where he was doing 20% off uh, for the bank holiday. So, I mean, it, it's too late now, but just, just check the post. There's some fantastic pickups on display. Um, we've also got Mr. Brian Gare of the Tony Jones Podcast of Masters of the... Not Masters of the... Not Masters of the Cinematic Universe. He's of the Just Surprise Me podcast, the Second Button podcast, and Off the Rails podcast. And we've got Mr. Ross Philpotts. Will you? I have, I'm out of practice, aren't I? I need to do this more often. Uh, if you want to find me online, you find me at Budget Bottle Shop, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, slash Budget Bottle Shop. And YouTube, of course, is the home to the No Talk All Tone series and uh, the occasional JSA marathon. Uh, I think what have we got this week? We've got... Oh, this one was a bitch to edit, this one. The Warped Dimension by Sonic Egg. It's basically four pedals in one. So <laughs> he's a big, big, beefy boy. But he's, yeah, it's well worth watching. Check it out. Um, Josh, where can we find you? You can find me at the Corona Mortis on Instagram. You can find me at Josh Castle TCM on YouTube. And you can also find me at the Guitar Geeks podcast, where this week we hosted Luke Greck from Chapman Guitars. From Chapman Guitars, you say? I do say so. Oh, I've heard of those guys. Uh, right, yeah. And that will be us for this week. So from myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, from Josh, oh my gosh, it's Josh, it will be a tatty boy. And good night for this week. Bye-bye. There are a bit. Bye. What do you call a woman that's really good at darts? What do you call a woman that's really good at darts? Amy. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> we're keeping it, we're keeping it, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs>